This is a production of KMMedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Welcome to Friday afternoon. It's in drive time. I hope that you get to be driving home soon and you'll be on the road for a while. So I hope you'll stay and listen to us here on Kixie. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio and we do four days a week on the radio in Seattle. So we do three days on KKNW, 1150 a.m., Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And then we also do Friday on Kixie. And Eric is in charge of most of those. He's the program director for both of them, their fine stations. And I want to say hello, Eric. How are you? Good afternoon and happy Friday, Kevin. We made it through another week. Boy, no kidding. Sometimes they're harder than others. Have you noticed that? <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it was a, a decent week for you and for our listeners out there. It was indeed for me, and today is no exception because we're going to have a great show. If you happen to be a woman or know somebody who is close to your heart that you love as a woman, uh, this show is for you. Um, what do you think about that, Eric? I've been pr practicing that all day long. <laughs> I think most of us at least know a woman, so uh, yeah, I think that's good. I think that includes everybody. Yeah, I think I think it does it indeed. And the gal that we have with us, she has been on uh, uh, ABC, CBS, Good Morning, um, Dallas, uh, been on radio broadcasts, uh, CBS Good Morning. She's written a book that I want everybody to go talk about, and it's A Woman's Voice Should Be Heard. Of course, in my house, the woman's voice was always heard, and very loudly sometimes. Anyway. Um, her journey from convent to battle for women's equ women's equality, and uh, with that, um, I want to introduce Aggie Jordan. Aggie Jordan, welcome to the show. How are you today, dear? Thank you. I am doing well, and I am so excited. Whenever I see you or hear you, my funny bone just gets moving. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love your spirit. I wish everybody did. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. It's uh, but that's why I do positive talk radio cuz I I just love doing it. I love talking to people like you that we can get really in depth into some into some issues that affects even if you are if you're a man and you have uh and you are in love with your wife and you've got a mother and you have daughters, this is your issue as well. So even though we're going to be talking about women's right to equality and those sorts of things, it affects all of us. It's one of those, at least that's my opinion. What do you think, Miss Aggie? It certainly does affect all of us, especially today. We, I mean, it affected all of us in the past too. But today with the whole issue of women's rights over their own bodies is really women, is really people's rights over their own families. Exactly. And and that includes men of all kinds, and it includes, of course, all women having having the responsibility as well as the um, freedom to make their own choices about their bodies. Exactly. And, 
every day I read something where somebody else has taken it away. It's a, it's a sad time that we're living in, and but we are going to take the high road, and we're going to talk about what we can do. But first, we're going to go into the past, the distant past. Okay. Uh, Aggie, Aggie grew up in a Catholic, uh, Roman Catholic family home. She went to Catholic school for most of her uh, schooling years. Then she then uh, got wild and crazy and decided to become a nun for eight years. I don't know how wild and crazy nuns are, but uh, um, and then and then she broke free from that and became an entrepreneur. And now she is working for women's rights and to help all of us know, which is the reason she wrote the book. A woman's voice should be heard. And uh, have I have I misrepresented any of that? Not a single thing. You did a great job. That's it. That's what I want to do, especially today. I want women of all ages, whether you're in your 65 plus, which they call us senior citizens, or lower or young women, I want you to know you have the right over your own body and you have the right to practice that. And their partners, the people who love them, have that right to respect that too. And you know where it's going to come down to? It's going to come down to local voting. That's yeah. where the real key is going to be. How about you getting out there and voting for those candidates locally who are going to make your state laws? Well, and we in the state of Washington, which is where the show is being broadcast from, are very fortunate because we are a lot more progressive than some of the, I think, what are there, 23 states now that, that abortion has been made illegal or restricted in a heavy, heavy way? Yes, about that. And, and it seems that they're getting more and more restrictive as we hear about new states where they're forbidding any kind of choice whatsoever. And there was even in Alabama, a recent state assemblyman who wanted the, no, it was the state senator who wanted to actually take control over birth control pills in Alabama. He did get defeated, but it's out there, that kind of nonsense of taken over everything about a woman's body is really a challenge we all need to be aware of. I'm just curious. Why would somebody want to ban birth control pills? It Because they want control. It's just a matter of power and control over women. That's what the serious part is. But why? Because they believe having more children, having more children, but not necessarily taking care of those children you have is what should be. And that's really what I think we need to look at when we're looking at voting for people, because it's not enough just to have a child. The child must be provided for and taken care of. And that's what they're denying in most states, all those 23 states that decided to control women's freedom. Well, we have got a problem in this country, and it has to do with foster children. 
and we have an abundance of foster children, and we don't have a good system uh, in many cases for those foster children to grow up and thrive. Many of them end up either without an education, and a lot of them end up in prison uh, because of their lack of education, and they have no other way of of going, and that's and so they end up breaking the law to, for whatever reason. And the, we as a country need to solve. That's one of the problems that we have that we need to solve. But creating more unwanted children seems to me to not be the best way of of fixing that problem, especially since we're not as a country making sure that every child grows up safely and is well fed and is well cared for. And I think that's, that's, that's a bit of a problem, I would say. It is a problem. And interesting, you talk about foster kids. We have a, um, a charity here that's going to be honored in November called the Coachella Valley Foster Kids and raising money. There are 2,000 foster kids right here, just in our local valley, and who need help, immediate help. And you're so right. Why are these children without parents? Why are these children, they were brought into the world, so why don't we take care of them? That's a, that's a really good question, and 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 I don't know that we're going to have the answers today, because but I think your your point is correct that you know is we're now approaching it's October now, we have uh, elections in November, we all just you should have gotten in the last week or two you should have got your voter plan pamphlet so that you can look through your voter voter plan pamphlet and look at the positions of the various candidates. And then pick the candidates that you feel will do the best job for everybody. Is that is that well said? That's very well said. That's what we need to do. And then we need to go out and listen to these people. When there's someplace near you, make an effort to hear them and ask them questions. Do they really support what you believe in? That's, uh, I think, getting out, not only getting out the vote, but getting out to a vote that you understand is going to get you what you want is important. I I agree completely. But let's let's talk about you a little bit. Can we do that? Okay. What would you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> What's it like? Because you were 17 years old. You'd gone to Catholic school your entire life, wore that cute little uniform, and uh, I assume. And, we didn't and, have uniforms. Oh, you didn't have uniforms. Oh, well, good. We didn't. Oh, well, very good. Well, I stand corrected. But then, well, I'm, you know, there's some exceptions, and that was one. <laughs> oh, and then you went right into the convent. What what made you make that decision to leave high school and go right into the convent? Well, I was raised in a Catholic, very dedicated Catholic family where we went to mass every morning if we could. Certainly kids went to mass before school because then they went right into school. And as I grew up, I went to 12 years of Catholic school. I also had a mother who had a brother, a priest, who emphasized that the ideal in the family would be to have a nun or a priest, a child who would be a nun or a priest. And I guess I bought that. And but I also thought that I was being called by God to do this. 
because a vocation is usually a calling. At least we look at it that way. And so I felt that I could go out and serve the people of the church I belong to and at the same time was serving God. So I think that's what I really did. And uh, for eight years, I for three years, I was in training. And then for eight years, I taught school. And uh, after that, I went to the University of Notre Dame for a doctoral program. And my whole life changed. <laughs> what, <laughs> what was your doctorate in? Uh, the administration of higher education. I always say I learned how to be a dean and a president. And just a couple of years, I didn't like it very much. <laughs> so that wasn't really what your calling was. And in, in, you ended up being an entrepreneur. Tell us about that. I did end up being an entrepreneur. Um, I actually worked. I, I moved from the college to General Motors. And then from General Motors to Martin Marietta, where I met my husband. And at that point, we met and married in six and a half weeks. And I'll tell you, we just celebrated our 49th anniversary. Congratulations. That's, that, that is six and a half weeks, really? Yeah. And if my kid came to me and said, or my any of our grandkids, we want to get married, and I only know them for six weeks or... Actually, I only knew him for four weeks when we got engaged. Well, what do you think I would say to that kid? You'd say, heck no. <laughs> heck not over my dead body. But I was old. I was much older. And my husband was, had, had been married. And my husband's from Seattle, Robert De Laurenti. And we felt that we would work at making this work and we did and so we came to texas and i thought i need to find out what i really am about can i start a company can i teach management that i've learned and sure enough the company started and after 21 years i was able to sell the company and we had 500 employees Wow. 500 employees. Of course, I can't give the whole story away, you know, Kevin. No, it's... because that's part of the book. <laughs> yes, it is part of the book. And but... the, name of the, the name of the book, again, is A Woman's Voice Should Be Heard, My Journey from the Convent to the Battle for Women's Equality. And that's it was at Notre Dame that I became a feminist. Let me tell you a story about that. Uh, as a graduate student, uh, we would attend lectures by uh, foreign uh, professors who would come in, and this one was from Germany. He had just attended the Vatican Council and came to tell us how the, the Roman Catholic Church had changed with that Vatican Council that was held in the 60s. Most of you probably don't remember that, but so he said to us, I want you to know that the men are the action makers in the church and the women are the receptacles. That did not go over greatly with the women in the audience. He said that he but, said that from the pew from the from the from pulpit. A, from a lectern, you know? <laughs> and uh, and there were a thousand people at that lecture. So 
I thought, well, he's right, but that's not change. That's what's going on right now, but that's not change. We don't take, but we in the convent were very much action makers. We had, we were the ones who were teaching the students. We were the ones that were getting things done, whether we were in as teachers or nurses or whatever we were. So we resisted that. I returned to my uh, dorm, into the lobby, and in that lobby are practically all the residents of the dorm, the lay women and the nuns. And in the front was this woman. She had she was a nun, but she was dressed in regular clothes, and she her name was Sister Suzanne. And I walk in and hear, "How dare he?" And I think, "Who's she talking about?" And she repeated, "How dare did that theologian get up there and tell us we're receptacles, as though we do no act?" Oh, and she went on, and I thought wow, who is this woman? Who are these women among me in the audience that were clapping and saying, how dare he, they were repeating. That was the beginning where I began to see myself as different from those women. And I wanted to be like them. I wanted to understand what was going on in this world with women and why women were being put down like that. That was the beginning. So this was in the 60s? This was 1967. Holy, well, the summer of love. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and uh, Hate Ashbury and, and the Beatles and, and uh, yes. um, Sgt. Peppers. Vietnam and War. Vietnam War. The Vietnam, Vietnam War was was raging at that point. That's right. Um, 67, and then the, the Gulf of Tonkin, I believe, was in 68, and then all heck broke loose, and and we and then then of course the uh, Kent State and the um, protests, the anti-war protests, and the burning of your draft card, and the, the, there's a whole and you you know you said in the 60s, and you might not remember that there's a whole generation that has no idea. What, how divisive and how difficult the 60s were for all of us that were interested in positive change. I was younger than you, a little younger than you, um, but I, I was old enough to witness uh, the, the high school and the college kids and the, and the, and the young people and, and women that were, you remember Gloria Steinem and, and yeah. the bra, bra burning times and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you grew up in that time. That was an interesting time, wasn't it? That was a very interesting time, but it was also a difficult time. Oh, no question. It was the beginning of people taking stands that many people in our society didn't agree with. Yes. And, and it was going to change the life of men. And, and it had to, because women had to be regarded as human beings and capable. And so it was going to take some of those jobs away as women entered the workforce. It was going to take some of men were going to have to handle some family duties they never handled. So how do you think they felt? Uh, not real, not real happy about that because my dad came from the previous generation and we're going to talk about that when we come back. By the way, we're talking with Aggie Jordan. She has got a book out. It's called A Woman's Voice 
should be heard, go to her website, which is AggieJordan.com. You can get all the information about her. You can get the book, and she'll even assign a copy for you and send it out to you. So so that's, that's pretty cool. Aggie, we need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KIXI. Do you need to boost your sales? Join our partnership program. Each quarter, we promote 10 partner businesses. What will you get? The company will produce one 30-second video for your business. Your website links on positivetalkradio.net and kmmedia.pro. One dedicated podcast or radio show per month. One video Instagram reel. One YouTube short. One 60-second clip for social media taken from your interview, and at least one commercial airplay per show. All podcast and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever. Visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. We believe in the power of telling your stories. We want to help yours be seen and heard. At the Pacific Northwest Collaborative Magazine, our purpose is to connect you to your community. Let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine. Here, you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service. If your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at pnw.collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. It's on Kixie today, and I'd like to thank everybody for listening. We've got a great guest for you, and she's written a book. It's called A Woman's Voice Should Be Heard. She is a former nun. She is an entrepreneur, and she's a women's advocate for women's rights. And she was in business for well over an entrepreneur for over 20 years. And I'm sure when you started your business and you walked into the bank and you said, I'd like to do a business checking account, please. And they said, right this way, ma'am, we want to take care of you. And we're going to take care of you right now. Did that happen? Oh, maybe about the checking account. But then I I got the checking account. I put my money in the bank and then I wanted a loan. Oh, oh, you mean you're going to run a business and you needed a loan. How unusual is that? I did. I needed a loan. And so I had all my paperwork done. I did my proposal, gave them all the data they needed. And I go in and he and the president says, 
Oh, um, it looks pretty good. Um, the only thing is your husband's signature isn't on this. <laughs> oh. And oh, I that said, oh, that's correct because my husband isn't in the business. He works for so-and-so and I run this. Um, well, I'm sorry, we just don't give loans to women who are married. You have to be single woman to get a loan. And I thought to myself, so I got to divorce my husband and become a single woman to get a loan. No, that's not going to happen. So I decided that I wanted to role play with him. So I left the bank. I asked him if he would do this. He said, yes. I left the bank. I went outside. I knocked on his door, came in and knocked. You know, the presidents of the bank used to sit in this glass enclosed office. Yep. So I knocked on the door, came in, and I introduced myself as a single woman. <laughs> How brilliant. And I said, I would like you to read my proposal. And my gave him my name and that my status. And I had been in business a couple of years, and I would need this money. And I had a contract to back, a couple of contracts to back it up. He went through, he took his, he literally took his pen and went through the whole paperwork while I'm sitting there. And he looked up at me and he said, I don't think I would say that my board are, oh no, they're not prejudiced. Oh no, I don't think so. And I couldn't figure out what he was saying. He said, oh, oh no. Um, I said, will you give it to your board? Will you give me a chance? He said, yes, I will. And he did. And within a couple of days, I got an answer of yes, they would give me a loan. But only because they saw their own prejudice with the law. By the way, the law had changed and they in the Texas banks just didn't honor it. The law so had changed in 1975 and this was 1979, 78. So even in 1978-79, you were considered a second-class citizen if you didn't have a husband. Uh, no, you were considered, yeah, you were second-class, but they were willing to support you because nobody else could give you the money, and they knew they could be sued. But they always demanded that the partner, the husband, the whoever, sign. And for many years, wives had to sign for husbands. But the law took care of that and said it, it just shouldn't be that way, you know. So you were um, started out really in the 60s. And if, uh, I would really love your assessment of how women's rights have changed over the years and where we are today versus when, where we were then. Most people over the age of 60, I would say, had thought we made a great deal of progress with all the work we had done. We had done all kinds of work. I have this t-shirt that my dear friend Diane uh, sent me, Diane Patterson, and on it it said, I am woman, I am invincible, I am tired. <laughs> <laughs> and we were tired. We had done all the work. And then we get into 
June of 2022, when the Supreme Court decided to change all that again, and we recognized the fight is back. The fight is here. Are we going to support our young women, our women of childbearing age in this whole, and, and their partners and, and husbands to support them when nobody's supporting them? They, today, there was a story on of a woman who had to travel from one southern state all across the country to California, to I think it was to Colorado she came. Yes, and she was bleeding and they would not take her in her state. They That's wouldn't take her. Uh, it. I mean, the stories are just horrible. They are ridiculous. Well, and, this uh, is this is one of those things, and I wanted to see if you agree with me. This is one of those things about unintended consequences, because mm -hmm. when when they when they uh, t um, took back this law and said that basically what they said was that it well, this is a states' rights issue and it should go to the states, and uh, that the states should then decide. Which, but that left a, a whole group of decisions that the states would make that were not in keeping with what Roe versus Wade was all about, and it and they became very restrictive, and in some cases, even in the case in the case of rape or incest, that there was no relief available to people, or if and doctors, one of the unintended consequences is that uh, gynecologists and and doctors were afraid to uh, help women whose uh, fetuses were in trouble or had in some cases passed away or were not viable and they were frightened to be to take action as well so it became a very big problem it's it is a very big problem for everyone uh, what do you see us us being able to do to um, to get over this problem and, and to get get things back, is it a national refer referendum that needs to happen? Is it local? Is it both? Ideally, it should be on the national level. It should be back to Roe versus Wade is part of the Constitution, and we are provided by that Fourteenth Amendment. But it's already happened that it was denied. You'd need a whole different Supreme Court to overrule it. And number two, uh, you, you really need to change your state representation. That's, that's the immediate thing we have to do, is change your state representation who are making these rules. Is it in your state assembly? Is it your state senator? And uh, I live in California and you live in Washington state. And we have simply a um, good states, good assemblies, good senators who are taking care of us. But what about all those other states out there where, or what about our future? Will there be people who will pop up who will take over those assemblies? Because you never know when that's going to happen. So I think everybody needs to be on alert. Uh, I would love to see what we could do nationally, but I think everybody right now believes that until we get a Congress 
who are willing to deal with the problem. And I believe that would be in the election 2024, or whether we can change the representation in, and I'm not sure it's ever gonna happen, in most of the states. We are definitely at odds with each other with different political parties. There's just, we don't even talk to each other. Well, that's, that seems to be a bit of a problem is that it's, it's hard to get anything done if nobody talks to anybody. And uh, so it's, it, it is a very important uh, concept. Now, I would like to bring this up, though, is that even in the states, I bring up uh, Kansas as an example. Um, and in many other states where these referendums have come up to change the constitute the state constitution, where the state constitution uh, enshrined uh, women's rights as a as part of the constitution, and they've brought up these um, votes to try and overturn parts of the constitution, and they've all failed because it's not what the American people want. What eighty some percent of the American people think that women's rights belong to the woman. Choices belong to the families. Choices belong to the women, to the women first, over their own bodies. To the woman first over her own body. And things should be looked upon by by, uh, the legislatures the way we feel, but they don't. What what do you think should be done? Well, personally, what I'd like to see happen is that... uh, uh, the um, House of Representatives, if that's what you want to call it these days, because they ain't doing nothing. <laughs> they, um, don't <laughs> they don't even they don't have a, even have a speaker to go talk to. And um, um, I would love to see the uh, more progressive wing of of the parties take uh, take control of the the Senate and the House of Representatives. And of course, you need somebody in the Oval Office who's going to sign. Uh, a change like that to make, um, um, and if ne- if necessary, to make it a a um, uh, um, an amendment to the Constitution that uh, um, a woman's right to her own body should be enshrined in in everything. Because when when we don't do that, it's just kind of a slippery slope. I think that we can end up, you know, this is, this is not really what positive talk radio is supposed to talk about, but in, in any event, it's, it's an important topic. It's an important topic that we, that we bring it out. And, and I, I would love to see it become a national or if it needs to be an amendment, so be it, um, that, that it become an, an important thing because people, my issue with it is people are dying. Um, people and babies are being born that are not being taken care of. Um, and there is no mechanism in many of these states to take care of them. They're not changing those laws. And so we're having more kids that are going to cause, that are going to have more problems growing up. And as they have problems growing up and don't get the education, and then they end up being incarcerated. And, and it, it's, it's a never-ending cycle. And it's not good. We have to fix it. And we need to take care of everybody. You know, you mentioned unintended consequences. Some of the unintended consequences are that other things besides abortion are not being taken care of with women because gynecologists are fearful, because nurses are fearful, 
because doctors in emergency rooms are fearful in these states of having their license taken away, of being, uh, of, of, in some states, they'd be accused of a felony. I and, know. and they're very fearful of the consequences of this whole decision to put it in the, the hands of the state. But you're right. But let's think about positive talk radio because it is positive talk to help people. Yes, that's that's the primary reason that we're here is 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 to help folks. And and one of the things is that I've always believed, and I and I'll stand on this forever that um, that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. We should have education in the schools to teach people what causes people to get pregnant, as an example, and and that we should all be working together for to take care of all of our citizens, those that are in, un, intended and unintended, and and to be taken care of. And we're not we're not doing any of that, and we're we're arguing with each other rather than helping each other. I think so, and. Think about this. There used to be books in the library that would educate on many, many issues. And now they're being taken away from libraries. Look at Florida, what's happening to kids. Kids are not getting the education that they need to be getting. Because the books in the library, the books in the schools, the things that teachers are told they can't teach now, they can't teach sex education. And yet, in my mind, this is something very basic to humanity that needs to be done. We teach our children as much basic things as we can, yet we take away sex education. My uh, former wife used to work as a playground teacher at, at an elementary school. And she would come home and tell me what some of the girls would ask questions that they would ask her about reproductive uh, processes and and it was it was scary the lack of knowledge that these kids that were coming into um puberty and they did not know did and, not know what to expect and parents in many cases now there's some parents that do a wonderful wonderful job of doing age-appropriate education about such things but let's face it a lot of people are a lot of people are embarrassed to talk about such things and and or they're discouraged from doing it like like uh in, in many in many states it's just that you just things you don't talk about and so you just don't you don't do it but i subscribe i, I gotta tell you aggie i subscribe to the gospel according to uh, whoopi goldberg you know who yes. whoopi goldberg is oh i sure do love her Yes, indeed. And she's, and she's the gospel according to Whoopi says the kids are going to continue to have sex because it feels good. That's right. That's why he, all humans continue to have sex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, 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 it's part of our DNA and it's part of what we do. And so we need to be educated about that. And we need to, we really need to take care of our kids because some of the things that she would tell me that the kids asked her, I can't repeat it on the radio but was was very graphic and very real and they had really no idea yeah no none at all and it shocks yeah. teachers that nobody is giving them this in education well yeah yeah 
Yeah. Now, I, I would like to mention, though, that in the, this is, you're not a single, you're not a one-trick pony. You're not, this isn't the only issue that you're concerned about. You're oh, also, yeah. right. you're also <laughs> concerned about the equal pay, which I th- I, I'm very, very concerned about it. Um, equal, equal pay and how people are solving the problem of uh, working at home and going to work. One of the things that recently I was concerned, I was faced with, um, I went to a wedding of my grandniece and all these kids are late twenties, early thirties and finding that they don't like working at home. Some of them, now some of them do, and some of them don't. And they think there's a need to socialize. And they think if women don't go into work, this is their view. If women don't go into work, they will not be recognized as management potential, as promotional material. I believe that. And that to me, I hadn't thought about that, but they thought about it and they know if they don't get a job where they can go into work, they will not be noticed. That's right, they'll become invisible, you bet. Yes. Yes, at home. It's not yeah. going to be good at home. But, but, but the one, you need to help me here because you need to explain to me why. See, I believe, I know some, okay, I know some really, really, really intelligent women. Uh, people that I would put up against any man that I've ever met uh, that, uh, that are smart. They're, and in many cases, they're smart. They have more compassion and they're better managers than a lot of guys that are more dictatorial. Why is it that we cannot treat each of us, all of us equally, regardless of the sex, regardless of what we look like, who we love? In your opinion, why can't we do that? I think we've made great progress with it. I really do. I think we did make progress with industry with the government the government has forced it in many cases and i think many a men respect their boss who may be a woman who is a woman and because she can accomplish what has to be done and and they're happy with that and the way they're happy with the way they're treated now like everything there are some women who don't make good bosses well, but you can't, there's, there's some men who make lousy bosses too. That's the whole point, isn't it? I mean, we're all not in one category or the other, but if we could be treated, as you say, as equals, as qualified, if we're qualified, as productive, if we're productive, instead of making a decision to just well she's a woman we're not going to send her i don't know if anybody if you all have read the book by michael crichton on congo that's the story of a woman who was 24 who was uh very active in saving the planet and she worked for the government and the whole story about whether men regarded her as capable Exactly. Exactly. There's another none, none movie that came out real recently. It was about uh, several black women in, in uh, NASA. 
in and this goes back a few years who were very very gifted at mathematics and they solved problems that the the uh, astrophysicists and those guys and the scientists were having trouble with and they didn't understand how they got it well they got it and, the, and they were the women who solved the problem to get the the um, missiles off the rockets off you know yeah so I, I think that I would really like for us to stop talking about uh, us in terms of men and women because we're just people. Um, we we have different bodies, we have different functions, and we do different things. But um, we're at the end of the day, we're all we're all people, and we should be working together for the betterment of everybody. I like that. That's good. And and I'm glad that you are out there and you are really working to to bring light to these issues they are important. Now, when you went on some of the national, I got to ask you because a lot of people don't have the opportunity and most of us don't. I have never, uh, I've been in media for a while and I've never had the opportunity to be like in a national television show of being a guest on a national television show. Like you have, like, I think it was good morning America. Uh, when, when you would CBS, uh, CBS, good morning, CBS talk show, whatever it was in the morning. Yeah. They're, they've got the three in, in, yeah. in any event, but what's it, what's it like going into one of those and being in the green room and having people go, Miss Jordan, would you like something to drink? Miss Jordan, would you like, would you like to have some coffee? How about, how about a Danish? They, they're good to... <laughs> what, it's what... nice to be treated kind of special by them. It really is. And I was treated very well um, when I was on that show. And, you know, I met people like Brian Gumbel and, uh, you know, just people who kind of had been in our room through the television for years, you know. So it's kind of exciting to meet these people. And it's kind of, but it's it's very short period of time when you get on national TV. It's hopefully you can take advantage and it's very powerful, but it's temporary. Yes. And it, and it really depends on like you get to talk almost every day of the week to an audience. Yes, I do. You think about that, you know, and and you get to express yourself and people hear about you and they know your name. Well, when you go on national TV for five minutes, or I think it was a little longer than that, but not much, that's all the time you get. You know, I noticed that uh, Cassidy Hutchinson, the woman from the Trump era yep. who was on TV, yep. she was on every broadcaster, I think, in the country, interviewed her. When have you seen her last? They suddenly disappear. They suddenly disappear. So uh, it's um, it's a thing about temporary, isn't it? Life is temporary. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing about that is, you know, you mentioned Brian Gumbel, and and there are lots of them that have that you recognize their faces, and and you think that they have extraordinary lives, and and they have all of the. The fact of the matter is, they're just people. They got a job, and there's, they happen to be their job That's happens to be in front of a camera. And right. they happen to be good at at uh, smiling, and their teeth are straight, and 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 they can say two words together at the same time, and and that kind of thing. And so they get to be on TV, but they're just people. They still have the same. They still don't want to get up in the morning. Some of these people get up at like 
three o'clock in the morning for like years. That's right. Um, and 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 the actors the same way. It's it's we're all just people performing different acts, um, and we need to be treated equally that way. And all of us need to, you know, athletes and the athletes are a whole nother thing. Cause I think they're wildly overpaid and that, that money should be going to teachers and, and into infrastructure and for, for anyway. So I digress, uh, but it's, it's great to have you in great to have you here. You are a remarkable lady. You've had a remarkable life. If you, when you look back at your days and all of your life, what would you like people to remember you for? Oh, wow. I haven't thought about that. Well, you're, too, you're far too young to think about that, but it just popped <laughs> into my head. Well, maybe I should. Uh, I guess for, for caring about our country, what we believe in, for, for going outside and taking risks to help myself and help other people uh, live a better life. If we don't make some contribution, to humanity, what is life all about? I mean, it doesn't progress unless we make that contribution. And, you know, I'd like them to remember that I was a volunteer after I retired. And, and that you, I gave my time and my effort. And you have created a legacy. And the name of the legacy is A Woman's Voice Should Be Heard. Did you like that segue? A Woman's I Voice Should Be Heard. <laughs> My journey from the convent to the battle for women's equality. Uh, get the book. It's, imp it's an important book. And I dare say that this is what's going to happen. Is um, And Aggie, this is what you should be so proud of because you put your heart and soul into this project. And that is sometime in the, in the future be it a year or six months, there's someone's going to pick up that book. That's going to be on somebody's coffee table, or it's going to be in their library, or it's going to be at a secondhand bookstore in 20 years. And they're going to pick it up and they're going to read it. And it's going to, it's going to resonate with them. And you're going to change people's lives and you're going to help people live yeah. to the fullest that they can every day. And that is so important. Thank that's you. what we need. Thank you so much, Kevin. This is fun, man. Yeah, I know. And I get to do this every day. Isn't that cool? Oh, no, you're so lucky. I know. <laughs> I, I really am. Really? Yeah, seriously. I think it's wonderful. You, you're really making that contribution that I think I want to be remembered for. Changing people when they want to be changed. Changing their lives by giving them information, by helping them. If we can help people realize that they are, they've got it all within themselves, that they can become whoever it is that they choose to be um, by being, by just being themselves and opening their hearts, opening their hearts to each other. Um, I say this all the time, but it bears repeating. When you go to the grocery store, smile at the clerk. It doesn't hurt you, but it can make their day. They might go home and when they're making dinner for their family and say, you're not going to believe it. But I was doing the checkout. And this lady came up to me and she smiled and said, hi, I almost fell over because it doesn't <laughs> all that often. That we need to take care of each other. Yeah. Yeah. And well, uh, we, 
Uh, Aggie, we've just got a few minutes. By the way, go to AggieJordan.com. You can find out all about her, her book, everything. But we're going to run out of time here in a few minutes. Uh, by the way, I did forego a break because we were having such a good time. I didn't want to. I didn't want to run that, so I just thought I'd let. let can I say one thing? I was going to give you. I was going to set myself aside and give you the floor to say anything that you'd like to to our audience. I would like to say to all of us. When you talk about listening to yourself, being true to yourself, I think it's so important for those moments of choice when you get that little secret message inside yourself, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe there's something wrong. You know, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gung-ho, I'm gonna do this, but something says it might be wrong to be true to yourself, to follow the message, to follow that voice inside yourself and continue to examine. I think that's really what makes the choice of a partner very important. Examine those signals you get from someone. And I say this to young people, I hope they're listening, that it is when you pick the right partner in life that your life will be happy, whether that partner is a friend, a partner who is someone you're married to, or a partner you just choose to love. I think it's very important that you choose someone and you look into it very carefully. I think that's the positive side of life. Absolutely. And, and, and I, I choose for my partner to be a dog. You know why? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> they're always happy when I come home. They're, they never, they've never had a bad day where they say, boy, you know, the cat escaped and I couldn't chase him. And boy, what a day I've had. Boy, oy, what a day I've had. And they, they never do that. They're like, Hey, look, he showed up again. Isn't that cool? And, and stuff. So it's, yeah. um, but you got lots of support. Oh, absolutely. And we all do. We yes. all do every day. We all have lots of support from family, friends, from our our spirit, from every every from ang every angle. We are not alone, nor should we feel like we are. Right. Thank and you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Aggie Jordan has been our guest. A woman's voice should be heard and will be heard in the future, I believe. Wow. Um her her journey from the convent to the battle for women's rights and women's equality, which is two different things, but they're the same. And I want to thank you for being here. And you'll you'll need to come back and we'll need to carry on and talk about this more because this has been an interesting discussion for a lot of a lot of women out there. Well, for a lot of all of us, I think. I hope we get some good feedback. You get some good feedback. I hope so too. And if we don't, it doesn't matter because there whoever needs to hear the message today they well, will hear the message that's and true. you're going to hear it on uh, whether it be on kixie whether it be on kknw youtube facebook twitter the uh any one of the podcast channels this episode will be up and by the way this episode will be up forever so oh, nice thank I you wanna, 
Thank you so much for being here. And I want to thank everybody for another great week. We've got a, a great week next week again. On Monday, we'll be here at 3 o'clock on KKNW. And I want to thank everybody. I hope everybody has a great weekend. And by the way, go Huskies and go Seahawks. Be kind to one another because okay. brothers all we've got. We'll see you Monday. <laughs>